Come on, would you do that right now? Come on, all across this building, would you adore him right now? Would you love the King of kings and the Lord of lords? I would that it would be more than just this moment, but right now, would you adore him? Would you let him know I truly do love you, Jesus? It is not just lip service because I'm in a service, but Lord, I truly do love you. I love you, Lord. Help me, Lord, when I don't show you enough, where I don't express it enough, where I don't tell you enough, Lord. I truly do love you. Praise God. Praise God. Question that is always asked, especially from someone who's preaching or teaching or maybe even a loved one. Thank you, Truth Praise, if you would give them a hand for me. Question that is always asked, do you love Jesus? And obviously the right answer would be, yes, I love Jesus. But unfortunately, just saying I love you isn't enough. Men, we better know that, amen? <laughs> we better get that more than anybody. Who gives a rip if you say I love you? She wants you to sit on the couch with her and do nothing. I know you think flowers stink and they're a waste of money, but she wants flowers. Amen? You don't even got to buy her the nicest car or the nicest clothes or whatever. She just wants to sit beside you. And she wants you just to say, you sure are beautiful. You were beautiful yesterday. And you were beautiful the day before that. And you're beautiful today. And tomorrow, I know you're still going to be beautiful. I don't care if none of the wrinkle cream worked. She's beautiful. Amen. Amen. And then she wants you to show her that she's beautiful by just leaning over and giving her a good kiss on the cheek. I'll leave it at that for all these teenagers that are in the room. She wants you to show her that you care about her. Jesus is the exact same way. You could be in this building today, Brother Jordan, you could lift your hand and say, I love you, Jesus. And he's looking over the balcony of heaven and saying, talked before it's hard to tell somebody that you love them and even say I love you if you've never spent some time with them see a lot of I'm going to use a word that my father used and if it offends you through those double doors is a prayer room 
lot of nincompoops. They say, well, I gave my money. She don't care. He don't care either. He does because he says the tithe is the Lord's. But who gives a rip if you're giving your money? He wants to know if you spent time with him. He wants to know if you truly love him. Where your treasure is should be that way. Amen? It should be that way. I'm going to give myself to you. I'm going to give my life to you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to obey your word because obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm going I'm to obey your word and return my offerings and return my tithe and give my offerings. I'm going to do that because your word declares I need to do that. But, Lord, I'm going to show you beyond just my giving. I'm going to show you by when I get up in the morning and I go to the word of God, I go to your word, and I go read you, and I bow my face before you, you're not going to have to wonder if I love you or not. I'm showing you that I love you. You're not going to have to look over the balcony of heaven and wonder who I am. I'm going to make sure that you know who I am because... I've sat on the couch beside you. I've, I've leaned over and given you a hug and let you know that, Lord, I'm your biggest fan. Amen. Today, I hope that we can look at this and understand that Jesus Christ, he looks at this. Amen. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Job 16, and also put your finger in Psalms 87. Again, to all of our guests that are in the house today, we are truly delighted to have you. Amen. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. tell you what, I'm glad the kids are upstairs because we wouldn't have any more room. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Job 16, verse 19. Job 16, verse 19. To listen to these words. Also now, behold, my witness is in heaven. Somebody say in heaven. Amen. And listen to this next little phrase here. And my record is on high. My friends scorn me, but mine eyes poureth out tears unto God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleadeth for his neighbor. When a few years are come, then I shall go the way whence I shall not return. Somebody say, my witness is in heaven. 
Somebody say, my record is on high. Psalms 87. In verse 1. Psalms 87, verse 1. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. I will make mention of Rahab, Babylon. To them that know me, behold, Philistia and Tyra and Ethiopia. This man was born there. And of Zion, it shall be said, this and that man was born in here. And listen to this. And the highest himself shall, shall establish her. The Lord shall count. Somebody say count. The Lord shall count when he rideth up the people. Somebody say rideth. That this man was born there, Shelah. The Lord shall count when he rideth up the people that this man was born there. Praise God. If you would, lay your Bibles down. And all across this building, would you close your eyes? Don't be alarmed to do that. We have safety team. I just want you to close your eyes and lift your hands. And everybody, I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. I want you to pray that God would make you pliable. That God would allow you to hear what thus saith the word of the Lord. I believe today is going to be a profound day for every individual under the sound of my voice. It's going to be a day where you decide, where you make some decisions, where you want to know if I really am doing what I need to do for Jesus Christ or not. And today you're going to make a decision. Today you're going to do something that you've never done before. I pray that today that you would look deep into your spirit and your heart as the Lord already does. We understand from his word this morning that he already keeps a record. Jesus, with our hands lifted, our eyes closed, Lord, our mind and our spirit stayed upon you and what you want to accomplish in this place. Lord, anoint these lips of clay, Lord, that I feel that you've already done, but I ask again, let me as the messenger get out of the way, O oh Lord, and allow you to speak through me. Lord, let your word burn the heart and burn the mind and burn the spirit of every listener, that it would cause us to change and cause us to move forward and cause us to realize that we need to do more, we need to do something, anything to draw closer to you. The one that we supposedly love, maybe, or the one that we do love. Jesus, I honor you and I thank you for your word today. And we lift you up and give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Would you clap your hands under the Lord, give him praise right now. Praise God. You may be seated. I want to take just a moment before I begin. I want to say thank you, Truth Church, for giving 
uh, me and my family an opportunity to uh, be away this past week. I believe it was almost three years ago, maybe maybe three years ago, two and a half, that you gave us a, a gift certificate for Airbnb, and we uh, partook of that in Colorado this past week, and I do appreciate that very, very much for you giving that to us. I believe it was for pastor appreciation, and I thank you so very much for that. Amen. There is a very beautiful song, probably many people in the room do not know it, maybe you've never heard it, but it's been sung in churches, I would dare say prominently Pentecostal churches for years. And uh, some of our old timers will probably remember it, but the song has a line in it that I want to read to you, and it says, the only thing in heaven made by men are scars in my Savior's hands. Until I heard that song for the first time, I had never thought of anything being in heaven made by a man. It's all made by God. I always thought of heaven being a place of beauty and perfection and splendor in that it is. Can I get an amen? amen? But this song has opened up something new, a new way of thinking, a new thought, a new train of thought, if you will, for me. And in the text that we read just a moment ago, there is something else we find that's in heaven beside the scars in our Savior's hands that was made by men. Every man and every woman, every human, every individual under the sound of my voice and outside of this building, every one of us that have ever been born in this world has a possession. Somebody say a possession. We have a possession in heaven. And this possession that you have and I have was not made by God. It was not made by God, Brother Ben, but by you and by me. And that is, I want you to say it after I say it, that is your record. Somebody say my record. Somebody say my record. Your record is on high. And today, I want to preach from that thought. God's record. Somebody say God's record. God has and is recording things. And God's record is very, very, extremely accurate. You know how it is that you and I, we take notes. And some of you, you've probably taken minutes and meetings. And I used to do that as I served as secretary for the Texas District Youth Ministries. And, and I tried my best to keep it together, but I couldn't do it. So what I finally did, I thought I was a fast typer. That was the best thing ever because I didn't have to use a pen. But I wasn't fast enough. And so what I had to do is I got on my computer and I found the record button. And I recorded every single thing. And I still typed as much as I could and put little notes in there. But I'd go back and I would listen to that because I wanted accurate record. I wanted to know what needed to be done and how it needed to be done. And, and I've carried that over even to the church and what we do here at Truth Church. I want to make sure that we keep accurate records because when you keep accurate records, then 
you can't have a plan of action. You can get things done. But many times we miss things, and so it's important that we keep accurate records. Job said, my witness, somebody say my witness. My witness, my witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. Psalms 87 says, the Lord shall count. Somebody say count. count. When he rideth that this man was born there. When you are born in this world, your record starts. Your record begins. And God doesn't trust anybody else with that record. You know why he doesn't trust anybody else with that record? Because anybody else is going to skip some things. Amen? Some of us want to pick up the pen in that season and that time of life. Some of us don't want to write that stuff down. Can I get an amen? amen? He surely keeps accurate records and he securely makes sure that everything that is put to pen to paper, everything that's put on the paper is put in heaven. It's a possession of ours. But he's the one that's keeping the record of that possession. But I want you to notice that every thought, every thought that he puts down, he is not keeping it to destroy you or to destroy me. But he is making sure that that one day, hopefully that you and I realize that our record is being kept and we truly understand that the Lord is keeping that record. That we can go before the Lord and we can say, Lord, I know all the wrong I've done. I understand everything that I've done. I may have selective memory, but in the back of my mind, I know every single problem. And it is not for you, Brother Trevor, to get the pen down and start writing those things out. Because God's already done that. God's already got a record of that. But he's wanting you to say these words. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Cast me not away from thy presence, Lord. God, would you expunge, if you will, my record. It's my possession. It's mine. And I made it. But he's keeping it. God, help us to glean some understanding, every person under the sound of my voice this morning. Let us glean some understanding from what I'm going to preach to us today. That there is a record and God keeps that record. And that record is very important. And we need to make sure that we understand that God is keeping a record. And we need to understand that only successful people have records. And when we understand that we have, that we, that God keeps records and only successful people keep records, that we can understand that when we come before the Lord, He is the only one that can look at every black thing, every gross thing, every sinful thing and he's the only one that can draw a line and strike a line through that hurt and that pain and that discomfort and the wrong that we've done. Only God can do that. Praise God. As I said a moment ago, I believe 
Successful people keep records. I believe that a successful church has to have records. For those of you that are guests, I apologize for this portion of the message because I don't want you to be mad at me. But just a few days ago, I began to look at records of everyone that claims to call Truth Church their home. I looked at the giving from last year and the giving from this year. I looked at the record of attendance on Sunday morning and Wednesday. And we try our best, Sister Olivia and her team, they try their best to make sure that they get every person. And I, I tell them every morning, we've got to make sure we have accurate records of who's here and, and who's absent more so because I want to know if, if you didn't say anything, if you didn't tell anybody. Because why? Because I want to make sure that we reach out to you and we make sure that you're okay. And Maybe you didn't have a car record in the hospital, but we keep records. And I will tell you that some of these records make you happy. And they make you smile. And understand that it is my job. It's my calling. It is what God has called me to do because I am a shepherd. Amen? I want to make sure that everybody goes to heaven. I want to make sure that everybody is doing what thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Because if we don't, then we can rest assured that heaven's not going to be our home. But some of these records will make you happy. And some of these records will make you very, very sad. In our Sunday morning records, there are some who claim to be a part of this house of the Lord. But if I showed those individuals their record, they would not believe it. You mean this person, if I was to take the names and, and just blot out the names and let you look at the stats, if you will, you would probably say, no, that person's not, and that person's not, and no, that person's not a part, and that person isn't involved, that person doesn't do anything, that person isn't there, they're not, they're not really a part of God's church, they're not a part of the Lord, because where your treasure, where your time, where your service is, there is your heart also. Even when the Bible strongly emphasizes unto us, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Records, records, accurate records are interesting. God doesn't allow anyone to keep these records but himself. He's got them in a secure, tight place. The Bible says that they're on high. Somebody say on high. But that is a possession that everyone under the sound of my voice has in glory. Whether you've ever gone there or not, it's an accurate, somebody say accurate. It is an accurate record. The Bible clearly teaches that God is keeping a record of every detail of the lives of every one of us. Job states this truth. Our heavenly ledger is open the day that we are born. Every deed, think about it if you will, every deed, 
every thought, every act is placed on our record on high. I want to stop for a moment. A friend of mine, Brother McCure, I believe I'm saying, but I can't even say his last name. I don't, what, what is it, Sister Olivia, pastor that you were at in St. Louis? McCure, McCure, McCura, McCura, I think it is. McCure, Brother McCure, he's a pastor now in St. Louis, and he still works for Adobe. Everybody knows what Adobe is. He is a writer. He is a, he writes all of the stuff for them. He does stuff for the government. He does uh, literally he hires and fires and many of you have probably experienced going to get a job interview and you've asked, you've been asked what is your social media uh, handle if you will and I've asked all those kind of things the man that wrote all that stuff is this man right here and he wrote things for the government and many years ago when I was in Lufkin, Texas at a youth camp working there he was a part of our safety team our security team and one day at lunch he began to talk to us about records and he said this, he said, every person that has ever got a cell phone or a computer and they put an email address into that computer, they put a phone number into that computer, whatever it is, it has created what is called a digital signature. And that digital signature never, ever, 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 ever goes away. You could live off grid the day that you decided to live off grid and you never touched any kind of anything else to do with technology. There would be a digital signature up to that point. You've maybe said things like, and this is what he told us, maybe many of you have changed your email addresses, you've changed your phone number. Somewhere in changing and doing all of that, there was a connection and there is still an accurate record of everything you've ever done. Young people, you need to hear me right now. Anything you've ever deleted is not deleted. You've gone and scrubbed your history. You've deleted every cookie. You've done everything that you think you know how to do that you think the Internet's told you what to do. You're wrong. Because the man that I'm talking about, he knows what he's talking about. He makes more money than any real pastor could ever make. Amen. I'm just telling you, he's a real pastor. He's a real man of God. His wife is very smart as well, a counselor. Do great things for the kingdom of God. But I'm going to tell you, this man told me it never, ever goes away. And I'm just regurgitating to you what the man that wrote the program for the government and for Adobe let me know. There's an accurate record. And Jesus Christ also keeps an accurate record. Who cares about Adobe? Who cares about any kind of program? But Jesus Christ keeps an accurate record of the possession that you have in heaven. It's an accurate record. Job states this truth. Our heavenly ledger is open the day that we are born. Every deed. Somebody say every deed. I know I've already said it. Every thought. Every act is placed on our record. It's there. Somebody say God's record. I believe the record will contain some things that maybe you've never thought would ever be on that record. You have maybe just 
Put it out of your mind. You know how it is. I joke with my sister at times because I remember everything. But my dear, beautiful sister that I love very much, she has selective memory. <laughs> Don't share this with her, anybody. She knows that we just had a conversation on yesterday, or Friday it was, as we were eating some lunch. I made this statement, you have selective memory. And it was really funny because Brother Jason and his animated self, he was like, <laughs> somebody else sees it, somebody else knows it. I know. On the record, that you, what you and I would think would be on the record is beyond what you and I would think would be there. I believe the record will contain some influences of our lives maybe long after you and me have died. God keeps an accurate record, a very accurate, somebody say it. Somebody say an accurate record. He keeps an accurate record. On and on and on. God has tried his best to make sure that he keeps an accurate record. God associates these things that happen in our life, these sins, and he lays them to our charge. Mm. I'm going somewhere. I know some of us are itching and, oh man, I can't believe all this stuff. You see, sin is always a chain reaction. People say, I'll sin and it affects nobody but me. Did I tell you something? You're wrong, sir. Ma'am, you have sadly mistaken. Young person, it affects more than just you. It affects many, many people. You see, we stopped for a moment. I told you a moment ago, and I've told you many times before if you've been here very long, that we must, as people of God, Build a relationship with Jesus ourselves. Amen. Don't build it with Pastor Darren. Why? I don't tend to. I don't want to. And I pray every day, Lord, don't let the sun go down in my wrath. Oh, Lord, let me keep on the straight and narrow. Don't allow me to do anything that would be catastrophic for your kingdom. But I'm human. And everybody sins and comes short of the glory of God. You see, ladies and gentlemen, why, do, why does Pastor Darren preach something like this? Because of this reason. A lot of times over the past four and five years, I've seen friends and I've seen ministers and I've seen many people even in the denominational world that have done something that has catastrophically destroyed the faith that people have in the church. The faith that they have in God the faith that they have in brothers and sisters in the Lord. If that person can do it, then I can do it. If that person can't make it, then I can't make it. Praise God. People say, I'll sin and it affects nobody. You're wrong. It affects all kinds of people. God help us. Our record is on high and it is complete. Psalms 139, you would help me, team. 
139 and verse 2, starting at verse 2. Thou knowest, listen, my downsettings and my uprisings. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compass my path and my lying down. Oh, come on. And art. <laughs> For there is no word in my thought, but lo, O oh Lord, thou knowest it all together. God knows the word that's on your tongue even before you speak it. There was an idiotic person one time that made the statement. Forgive me, that was probably Darren coming out. But they made the statement in my hearing. And it really troubled me. And it still troubles me today. Because the reason that it troubles me is because we're known by our fruits. And I've seen the fruits of a statement that was made. The statement that was made was right back here on this back portion many, many years ago before I was even married. Right before I was married. Right back here on this curb. Made an idiotic statement. Statement was, and if you've been here very long, you've probably heard me talk about it. Statement was made that if I was to say a bad word, a curse word right now, and God was to come back the next second, I'd still go to heaven. And the statement was that he's a merciful God. And I disagreed with that because the reason that I disagree with that is not because it's just my opinion, but because there's no Bible to back that statement up. The Bible talks about from the abundance. This right here says things. I would hate it. I'm not God. Maybe God would show his grace and mercy. Probably would. But I know that his word is forever settled in heaven. And so I go back to that scripture right there and say, his word is forever settled in heaven. Let no evil thing come out of my mouth. If I am in love with Jesus Christ and I have built a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no, not going to be any slippage, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that just slipped out. There's no point in even writing, don't let the sun go down on your wrath if you can have some slippage. Who cares? Because God's gracious and he's merciful and, and tiptoe to the tulips and we'll all be okay in the by and by. God is a judge, ladies and gentlemen. And understand me, I'm not preaching I'm better than you because I ain't. Bishop has told me my whole life, when you preach, remember there's three fingers pointing back at you. And if you got a thumb like mine, you got a thumb that points back at you. So no, ladies and gentlemen, I don't agree with that statement. Because why? Because the sun will go down on your wrath if you don't go before the Lord and say, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Lord, cast me not away from your presence. He knows everything about you altogether. 
And God declares that he keeps a record of it. Many people slip off into the dark and commit their sin and they act as though they can hide it from God. They get behind the closed doors to commit their sin and hope that it will forever be unnoticed. It doesn't go unnoticed, ladies and gentlemen. I've seen people in various situations always from their home, away from their surroundings, and they commit horrible acts and horrible sins and they would hate for anyone to know about them. Some people get away from their local base and they commit their sins and they think that they'll never be found out. Oh, how foolish sometimes the human mind can be. The Bible says what is done in secret will be shouted from the mountaintop. Everybody's going to know about it. Because why? God keeps an accurate record. Who cares if he doesn't know? Who cares if pastor doesn't know? Who cares if mom and dad, young people, do not know what you do in the dark, secret place? He is keeping record. And the record belongs to you. Let me say God's record. Adam and Eve didn't think that anyone would ever know what they did. But the word of God nails it down tight and says, be sure your sin will find you out. God, somebody say God. God is keeping a record of every human being that has ever been born. Every individual, every person that has ever taken in the breath on this earth, God Almighty is giving an account for that individual. Now, can I tell you, you could face that record at any moment. David said, there is but one step between me and death. Pastor Darren, this is hard on the 20th of March. Give us a break. I wanted to. I had desire to preach something completely different. But we're going to do that on Wednesday night. David said, death creeps up to your window and looks at you. The Bible teaches us that death desires you and me. The Bible also teaches us that death cannot be satisfied. It is appointed unto every one of us to die. And after that, what does it say? You will face your account. You will face your accurate record. You will face every deposit that is accurately put been put in that record that God has made for you and me on high. We're all, somebody say I'm making a record. God help us. 
I believe that God is trying on this Sunday morning to truly help every individual, myself included. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, we get desensitized to things at times. and We think it's okay and we justify things. But I believe that God is keeping a record of the things that we have justified. And we think it's okay, but God is shaking his head in heaven and saying, Would you please stop this? Because I really don't want to write this down. But I'm keeping an accurate record. In John 8, a woman was brought to the Lord. Because she was caught in adultery. Her accusers wanted her to be stoned to death. Jesus said, he that is without sin cast the first stone. And then he began to write upon the ground. As he knelt down, Brother Bobby, he began to write one by one the accusers. They began to cast off from where they were. He began to write again, and another one would leave. I believe that what he wrote in the dust was something in each man's record. It was written in the dust, but it was not, listen to me, etched in stone. And every man walked away. What Jesus wanted those men to be aware of is that there is a record being kept and one of these days it will not be written in the dust and they will not be able to walk away. They will have to, they will have to face their record. In that day, they shall cry for the rocks and the mountains to fall on them and heap them from the face of the earth. But ladies and gentlemen, today, today is a different day than that day coming. People are going to fear their record in that hour. I can hear them. in youth ministry for 15 years. So many young people that came through these doors and so many that went to youth camps in Lufkin, Texas. So many that I prayed for and they repented and so many that here in the past seven years, five years rather, that we went on a trip to Brazil and more than half of the individuals that were on that trip in Brazil that we ministered to people and we, we spoke to people and we, we prayed for people that were demon possessed and the demons were cast out and God filled people with the Holy Ghost. More than half of those individuals, those young people, are lost out with God today. And no doubt, they'll say things like, don't read my record. Sin and lust are in your record. If any among us have looked at anything that is gross and rotten in this world, it's going to be in that divine record. God wrote it down. The things that you committed, the things that you were a part of, the things that you did, every single thing, every one of those young people that have 
pastoring ministry, and I'll tell you what it makes me feel like. It makes me feel like I am a failure. Because I've preached things and I've said things and I've tried my best to be a proper example. So many people that, that still in this house today, you hold bitterness and you hold hatred and you hold anger. God's keeping a record. God help us. There are some horrible things that some people have on their record. God's got it. It's your record. It's in heaven. It's, it's a gross thing. It's not very good. It's in the custody of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But it belongs to you and God is keeping it. And every time you've committed sin, God put it in your record. Every time you had a chance to be saved and make things right, God put it in your record. He promises Time and chance happen to every man. Man, this is a mean message, Pastor Darren. No, I'm trying to get our minds focused how important it is to make sure that we realize there is a record. There are times crimes are committed that are never exposed. People are never exposed. But don't you ever worry. <laughs> the mystery crimes of the 20th century the mystery, I said the 21st century today, the mystery crimes of the 20th century, all of that is in God's record, and it will be read. You see, God never fails to crack a case. His secret intelligence service is infallible. Some people wonder why God doesn't overreact and get all out of shape and been out of shape because situations. Why does, why does this person get away with molestation? Why does this person get away with rape? Why does this person get away with that? Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? God keeps an accurate record. He's got it all down. It's written down in black and white, and he knows everything there is. If you've ever cheated, if you've ever done anything wrong, it's in the record. He's got it in plain black and white. Everything, not one little thing does he miss. Young people, not one thing. Sir, not one thing. Ma'am, not one thing. I know divorce came into the home. I know that she did something wrong and he did something wrong and you don't know everything that happened, but guess what? God's got an accurate record. All of the good things, he's got it on record. If there's anything about you that is good, it's in your record. But what you need to understand is that your goodness cannot counteract the sin. I know you fed the homeless. I know you were kind to the poor. I know you helped those kids that didn't have anything for Christmas. But there's also a lot of bad things that happen. Some people have programmed in their minds that God is going to get the record out. And if the good outweighs the bad, then everything will be all right. And that ain't true. It gives me some sobering thoughts 
when I think that God is keeping a record on me. Revelations 20 and verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their works. God, ladies and gentlemen, has an accurate record of every human being in this building. If you've broken your mother's heart, he's got a record of that. If you've broken your dad's heart, he's got a record of that. If you've broken your pastor's heart, he's got a record of that. He's got a record of everyone that sits on these pews today. Now, there are some things that may never be proven in this world. But... You know what else? Job said it in that verse. He said, my record is on high and my witness is in heaven. Young people, that makes me shudder. Because listen to this. There's things that I know that I've done that nobody else knows. When I was a young person. I know that there's some things that you've done that nobody else knows. But the Bible says, my witness is in heaven. You want to question it, but God has the witness of everything. If anyone wants to question it, he can prove it. He can prove the record. <laughs> Everything. Look at your neighbor and say, there's hope. When he keeps this accurate record, he's got everything down. Not one thing is missing. He knows all there is to know about you and about me. But I don't care about how bad it is. There's one thing that's wonderful about it. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> if you're in this house, if you have been listening to what I've been saying and you have felt darkness come over you and you felt shame come over you and you felt things come down on your heart and your spirit today, I want to tell you there's something else that I want to talk about in this place. If an individual will realize that there is a record, if an individual will understand that God is keeping accurate record, if you will understand those things, the only thing that you have to do is say, God, I'm sorry for all that I've done and all that is on my record. 
I want you to forgive me of what I've done. I want you to forgive me of all the things that have happened in my life. And I don't want you to make them charge to my life. All that goes in the record, God, forgive me of that. You see, the entire debt, the entire debt for some in this building, I believe myself of all the things that I just spoke of a moment ago, I believe that they've been canceled. And I believe they've been canceled by the blood of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Friday, I was with my sister and my brother-in-law. <laughs> I went to a place that I truly despise. <laughs> no offense if you have investments in it, but heyday. Absolutely hate that place. I feel like I'm walking into, it's probably my wife that's made me feel this way, but I feel like I was walking into a bowl of germs. I smell everything. But I was there with my brother-in-law and my sister and letting the kids have a fun little time, the cousins have a little fun time together. My sweet wife, please pray for her, she's not doing well, sat in the car. And while I was there, Brother Trevor, I seen someone that used to call Truth Church their home. And as I left the house, the box of cards that you'll receive today that we want you to give out to people for Easter, they were sitting on the counter, so I, I sliced it open real quick and grabbed a few of them and stuck them in my pocket. And as I sat there, I saw one backslider. And I went and talked to him. I told him, man, it's good to see you. Life is not what it was when they used to come here. Divorce has come. Remarriage has come. Things are not where they should be, but I know a God that brings hope. And I looked at him and I said, man, I sure would like to see you at church. Love to have you. I said, I'm glad I brought these with me because I knew I needed to give them to somebody and that somebody was you. He assured me that they'd come. And then I saw another. And this one said something that made me shudder. Because the reason that it made me shudder, and I know this isn't a crazy animated message like I usually preach, but bear with me. It made me shudder because she looked at me and she said the statement, there's some things I got to get together. I got to get some things right in my life. And I just hugged her up and I said, listen, don't try to get good so you can get God. Don't you try to fix your record because only God keeps the records and only God can do something with the record. I said, don't try to get good to get God, but why don't you come and get God and let God do something with you that only he can do anyway. You see, the entire debt of that individual and some that may be under the sound of my voice right now can be canceled by the blood of Jesus Christ. I said it during our preliminaries that Jesus robed himself in flesh 
and he came and he dwelt among us to die that you and I might have life and life more abundantly. He paid it in full. Let me tell you something. I want that in my record. I told you that he keeps accurate record. Lord, I want it to be made sure every time that I fail, every time that I have shortcomings, I want to make sure that it's in my record that I didn't let the sun go down on my wrath, but I knelt before a gracious God and I said, God, create in me a clean heart. Purify me. Cleanse me with his sub." Make me new. Make me white as snow. Ladies and gentlemen, there are things in the lives of all of us that we don't want to have to face in judgment. I'm glad that it's on record in June of 1988 that Darren James Gilbert, for the first time in his life, knelt at an old-fashioned altar at kids camp in Lufkin, Texas. And it's on my record that on that day, Jesus filled me with his spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God gave the utterance. And it's on my record that I got an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. It's on the record and I wouldn't have it changed for nothing in this world. Stand to your feet if you would. Isaiah 53 and verse 6, it says this. I want you to hear me, everybody, under the sound of my voice. Isaiah 53 and verse 6, it talks about this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. In this room today, I'm looking at guilty people. All of us have a record. But the verse, the verse, thank God it doesn't stop there. I'm so glad that it doesn't stop that all of us have gone astray and we've turned our own way. I, Isaiah said, I want you to know the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Because why? He suffered. Because he died, I can live. He can cancel your debt right here today. That's why I stand here in this pulpit today. Because I'm here to tell somebody, yes, God keeps accurate records of everything we've done wrong. But he also keeps accurate records of you coming to an altar and saying, God, cleanse me. 
make me new. Cleanse me with that hyssop. Lord, every crit and cranny of my life, Lord, I need you to renew me. Yeah, Brother Trevor, he's got it on records that we say things like that. Blot out my transgressions. Today, oh, hallelujah. Would you come kneel in his presence? Would you come for a moment, sir? Don't worry about what he's doing or they doing. Worry about what you're doing. Jesus, I want you to get the record out today. And let's settle it all so that at judgment, all there will be in the record is a blood-stained page. Come now, ladies and gentlemen. Let us reason together, saith the Lord, that your sins be as scarlet. They shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Sir, it's up to you. Young person, it's up to you. What do you want to face at judgment? Do you want to face the record? Or do you want to face a blood-stained page? You see, sir, God doesn't look beneath his blood. Oh, Pastor Darren, I... I got the Holy Ghost for the first time when I was 10 and 12 and 13. I know you did, but there's a lot of things that went on, and there's a lot of things that you did and bad decisions you made, and his blood is still flowing from Calvary. And all of those things that are on record, God will allow his blood to cleanse you once again. Come on, these altars are open for a few minutes right now. Would you lift your hands to Jesus Christ? Sir, come on. Ma'am, come on. Family, come on. Make your way to this altar right now. Make your way to this altar right now and say, cleanse me, Lord. Blot out all of my transgressions. Lord, I know you keep an accurate record. But, Lord, I'm asking you right now to cover that record in your blood. Cover that record in your blood. Come on, we say it every time we baptize somebody. But I want to say it to those that you've been baptized in Jesus' name. I want to tell you right now that today can be the first day of the rest of your life. Old things can't pass away again. And behold, all things can be made new.